Hi, this is Chiazan, the prior at Sokokoji Buddhist Monastery. Sokozan offers these talks without expecting anything in return. If you value these talks and would like them to continue, please visit our donate page at www.sokokoji.org. Thank you. I'm going to uh, talk a little bit about the, the topic. Is You're not that important. Of course, you already knew that. I'd have to remind you that you, know, you get treated like that all the time by the world. <laughs> not very important. So, but you can make use of that understanding of uh, of thinking uh, by looking at the self centeredness that we that we continually um, fluff up anytime anything goes wrong or anything for that matter anytime anything goes right we start to think I'm getting it I'm finally I'm trying to I'm going to I'm getting there I'm I'm me 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 I'm not against the power of positive thinking I'm not against uh, fluffing things up but I, I what I am against let's <laughs> say something uh, ignoring the complete open spaciousness of our minds as they are, as they are, even without any mind training, a person's natural state is very, is at rest and is uh, mindful. It's just that if there's any kind of sensitivity, any kind of fear that has not been looked into, this gets triggered and then all the demons start running out of the, out of the shed and right down into your mind stream. And then you or me or any of us suddenly go to war with that or run away from that or try to shut that up, or try to blame somebody, which creates the illusion of um, somebody who's important, somebody who needs to have control, needs to stop this, start this. So the reason the idea there is you're not that important, uh, I don't mean to take away anything or, you know, uh, bring in some kind of negativity uh, where you start, where you begin to stop that, that self-centeredness or that tendency to be a little narcissistic about this or that. Uh, on the other hand, I would say, let's look at it. My uh, agenda as a Dharma teacher is, first of all, do I have any students? Do I have anybody that's actually on receive? On receive? If I have that, then of what I have to say won't take a lot of or many iterations. You can actually see it yourself, what you're looking for, as I've said, probably hundreds of times. You're looking at it. It's just covered up. It's like, I'm just going to use this kind of a simple metaphor. You're looking at a bed, and that's you. That, that's you. Let's, use, let's use that kind of an image. But it's all covered with every kind of quilt imaginable. From this time and that time, and when this happens, you put more covering, and then that happened, then you put more covering. No, no, uh, until you stumble into this teaching, there was no tendency or no impetus or no encouragement. To, Let's look at this. Pardon me, pardon me for crunch, crunching my cough drops. I get carried away. I get excited. Not very much, but some. So that's what I'm encouraging you to do is when you... Uh, leave the book study or leave the teacher or leave your partner or leave your um your dog or anything leave any situation and go to to a place where you're practicing training the mind have the intention have the intention to just see what it is just see what is happening not the intention to see what you think it should be or think it is or start looking for some kind of credentials that I've been meditating now for five years, and I'm still feeling like crap, and I need to look for something that is better. Your gateway to this may be 
uh, five more years of crap. Do it anyway, because that's how it's done. If you turn back and turn away, if you turn into any any dynamic, any side track, turn away from it. And we do that um, every few minutes. If you haven't noticed, look at it. We turn away, turn away, turn away, ignore. One of the ways, a fancy way to ignore is to grasp something. Another fancy way to ignore is to reject something. And of course, the other way to ignore is just distract yourself. The slight turn of the head is ignorance. It's not easy. And it's not about some kind of a, of a self-torture. We're not talking about that. It should be a light touch, but it should be repetitive and consistent so you can see that there's no solid being. You have to see it. I could say that there's no self in the skandhas, form, feeling, perception, concept, consciousness, do not add up to, uh, to a person. It's said all over the place, way before we got here. That you actually could see the parts of the self-centeredness that get together and and create the illusion of someone who seems important. It's not the narcissistic uh, ego pride uh, full of themselves kind of importance. This kind of self-importance could masquerade, and I'm not saying it's a de deliberate masquerade, but may show up as a kind of humility where I'm, I'm nobody, I'm not that important, where all at the same time, you're the person who is getting a credential from thinking you're not that important, if you follow me. Don't follow me anywhere. So it won't be... The first stages on the path do have to do with progress. They do have with getting have to do with a, a provisional kind of teaching where we slowly move away from the grasping rejection and shutting down. We begin to move away from that as while we're still attached to ourselves as a separate being who is on the path, who is a, a student of the Buddha's Dharma or who is a, has, has a Dharma teacher. There's going to be some of that for a while, but eventually uh, you could say it gets worse. It can get worse. You're you're not important. And I don't mean to go into some kind of uh, validation of that, some kind of logic. Well, if you've noticed, there are millions of people in the world, and all the little things that are running through your mind stream, uh, all they may may bring you a lot of consternation or even fear. There's a lot of really really horrible things going on in the world that you, you don't have part of, and you're insulated from because of distance, because of media because 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 of culture because of just not interested or because you are interested but the, the amount of things that you project onto it stop you from seeing what it fundamentally is this is the main situation everybody thinks they know stuff everyone thinks they're somehow important but the projection the two-way uh, street there that is missed is there is no one you create that otherness by having any kind of attribute, any kind of feeling or emotion or reaction that comes up. You think you're feeling that. Look closely and look closely from now on. Look closely from now on. Prajna. Insight. How do you do that? You look at the way you're ignoring. You have to start somewhere. Let's start there. And you, you can't really stop it because it creates another credential, which ego then makes a meal out of that and has a, a more rarefied, more simplified, more trained, blah, 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 on and on.
No commentary. The final understanding of not being important uh, goes over the top into there isn't anything that isn't very important. There isn't anything that isn't completely sacred and holy. Not from a relative point of view as opposed to profane or evil, but ultimately, Trunk Rinpoche made it a lot easier for us by just saying it's basic goodness. It's just basically good in the midst of the chaos. Though the other polarity, besides thinking there is someone, is we think there's something else. And what we do with that something else is very similar to what we do with this someone who is not so important. But we think it's important because, 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 because they're this is happening, that's happening. And I'm, I'm miserable. I feel terrible. I'm in extreme pain. All the different kinds of pain. Pick one. Maybe you have them all. I'm certainly uh, not free of any of that. You don't have to be free of it. You have to see what it is. It's a much, much more uh, power, powerful pr prison than just suffering alone. The other dynamic of the, the two-way street is besides thinking there's someone and some kind of attribution is going on there, some kind of uh, aspects of the consciousness and the mind that, that come together that, that continues to make us feel like we are some person over here uh, looking at things that are over there. Well, it's the over there is also a complete lie. There, there is no other over there. Relatively, yes. Relatively. But have you noticed the whole world is working on that relativity? Right and wrong, up and down. Success and failure. Any kind, any place that anybody can find a polarity, they go to war with it. This is bad. This is good. Or, and we do it in every place. And it's not that the dependent origination that is showing up at any given time in the 13th century, in the 21st century, anywhere, there isn't a lot of difficulty, but we tend to go after it politically. We tend to go in and try to fix dependent origination rather than seeing there is no identity there and there is no identity in the dependent origination. Why? Because it is dependently risen. No one is creating or causing anything. There is no other. That is that is also a stack of concepts, ideas, projections, and so on. It might as well be a, a Dagwood sandwich if you ever had one of those. You know, if you start with the, of course, the only way to eat a Dagwood sandwich is to eat it, turn it on its side, and then eat right through the middle of it. Because otherwise, if you try to bite it, you'll you'll get, what is that? They call it one of your jaw locks. Yeah. And you won't be able to bite anything. So don't do it that way. Go right in the middle of it. What am I saying? Look right at the situation. Look at the look at the layer after layer after layer of your mind, my mind, anyone's mind, trying to protect us from what? By coming up with conclusions. Well, that must mean, well, he said that, so therefore. He said that, so therefore. She said that, so therefore. It's not that that is not relatively true. Of course it is. You can. That's why we have court systems. Because if you watch relative truth closely enough, you can actually find a culprit. You can actually find a victim. And am I saying there aren't culprits and victims? Ultimately, no. Relatively, absolutely relatively, which sounds a little difficult, but that's how you could say it. Absolutely, there are relatively culprits. But if you address it that way, then you completely miss 
that nothing lasts. There's no solid being anywhere. And you completely miss that life is suffering and everything that is compounded or comes together is impermanent. There were civilizations probably far beyond this civilizations on this huge ball of dirt uh, a few million years ago. We just don't have any proof because all that stuff goes back into the elements. Maybe even more advanced, you could say. Progress is a misunderstanding. There's no progress. If you think there is, then go work for Westinghouse. I think that was their slogan in the 1950s. Progress is our most important product. So empty of self, empty of other. Nothing is really important, and everything is completely, utterly value, valuable and sacred and needs our respect. Even the confusion needs our respect, especially if we are to work with it in such a way that is skillful and is not about winning a war. The war on poverty, the war on drugs, the war, the war, the war. Even Trungpa Rinpoche used the word warrior. You know, I never got a chance to talk to him about it because I wasn't one of his homies. But uh, I was um, not too happy with that when he was using warrior, even though I tried to use that myself. That's why I use the word farmer. And that's got its drawbacks, too. Let's have some questions. Help me so I don't have to shut off the video anymore. <laughs> Shane Bowing, is there a certain amount of neurosis that gets accumulated that we all have to look through before realization bowing yes there is she's on bowing it's necessary. it's necessary to look at it without meddling with it don't push on it don't pull on it and don't ignore it that's why it's so damn hard that when we see it it's upsetting and we want to do something about it go ahead question was it chasing Jeez, I'm buying. I was wondering about the vow to save all beings yep. and what does it mean to save all beings when we're not important bowing? Start with your own thought patterns. Just save all beings, put others. It's, it's a teaching that helps us turn around the polarization of ego that wants this and doesn't want to be bothered with anybody else's stuff. There's the most important. My, I'm important. I need to, I need to, I need, I need, I want. So it's just a way of turning it around so that you can, just like we did with, uh, you did, uh, led the, the Maitri Bhavana this morning, just put others before ourselves somewhat. It doesn't have to be over the top where we start, suddenly start getting awards from the Red Cross, but do some of that so that you're, when somebody starts to talk, listen to them. Don't necessarily interrupt them because you think you know what they're going to say and you'd like to finish their sentence so you can respond to your version of their statement rather than theirs. 90-10. Listen, 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 listen. Speak a little bit. Then listen, listen, listen. Cheers, I'm bowing. Are others important? Bowing. Of course they are. We're, we're important. We're important. Uh, the, the reason I'm using that title is just to cut into that and to create this kind of a conversation or this kind of a interaction or this kind of a teaching about that, because there's this extreme constriction like a fist around me and my, my stuff and what I got to get rid of and my own particular little drama inside the fingers that are holding on to that drama. We need to get some oxygen in there, some air in there. So others, if we, if we, uh, one of the, uh, it's an ancient formula for being handy, uh, ha not handy, but happy, is to be concerned with others' happiness. 
And it can be just a relative thing. It doesn't necessarily be a, need to be a quote-unquote spiritual path, but just turn to others. How can I help you? You had, you had uh, your mother who just passed was very much that kind of a natural helper of others. Someone who didn't really think about herself much at all, the way she was described to me. Was always kind. Jeez, I'm bowing. When we are endeavoring to put others before ourselves, should we relate to others differently than we relate to ourselves? Bowing. may show up that way, but it's basically, it's a, uh, it can be as simple as receiving what someone's saying, listening to what they're saying without jumping away from it into your interpretation of it, rather than just receiving that. So I'm not sure... There's a lot of variables that could show up there. What is it you want to know? Jeez, I'm bowing. Uh, I guess just wondering about working with others and how it feels like the precedent or the priority is put on myself and wondering if there's anything in, in relating to others that we should look at that might be different from the way in which we relate to our own thought patterns, bowing. Okay, thank you. So I, I would say as much as possible, uh, receive. If you have a sitting practice of meditation, then you're training yourself. You're training yourself to to receive what happens without any addition, any subtraction, or any distraction. Just receive the thought thoughts coming and going. It is not comfortable to do that. And then, but then when you go out into the kitchen to talk to your partner, or talk to a sangha member, or talk to a neighbor, talk to a coworker, uh, there's just naturally without you even doing anything. Maybe some, but you kind of notice that it's you're able to just receive. You listen. You listen to what someone talk talk about their car being broken down, or you're able to actually receive that as as it is, rather than leave what they're saying for what you think about it, or just suddenly interrupt them to tell them about how your car is not working so well. Either uh, kind of thinking that that will make them maybe feel like they've got company because you had the same issue or something. This is not helpful to people. People don't need your your story of distress as company. I felt that way too. Yeah, I, that happened to me. Just last week that happened. And, and we totally leave what they've just expressed for our version of that. And so receive, listen. Deb Bowing. Deb. This morning as I was preparing to sit, to come to the Dharma talk, I was getting anxious to find that the, the 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 connection on my on my device and so I was sitting and I was waiting and I was you know hoping that I would find the link and it dawned on me that my husband he was still in the room we hadn't <clears throat> talked to each other yet this morning he was still in bed so I was consumed with I need you know need to make sure I come on my Dharma talk and I in a moment said <laughs> it's the right thing to go in and at least check in with him and make sure he's okay. I did that and it felt a little forced. It felt like maybe not completely authentic, but I went in and I did it anyway. Is that helpful? Even yeah. though it doesn't always feel authentic? Bowing? The feeling of authenticity is bullshit. Let me help you right from the get-go. Don't buy into that baloney. You may not ever get credit for for anything. It's it's worse than you think. I couldn't teach if I didn't have students. And if when you hear what I'm saying, you may decide to go another direction that you need to have a different teacher than this or a different teaching. 
But I'm just saying, just do the best you can. Sometimes it's difficult to walk out of the situation that you would like and say, I'm going to go and, and help uh, in this other direction. It just, it needs to be done. And the feeling of authenticity, this is ego language. It's very <coughs> self-centered aspect of the consciousness. It's very, very focused on protecting its imaginary stability. And it will do anything to protect that. Sanho bowing. I was going to ask, when two people in a dynamic have seemingly oppositional ways of handling stress, one person wants to shut down and the other person wants to be very high energy about it. If both of them think to themselves that they're not important, what happens next? Probably get a divorce. So the, the, the not important is, is a way of talking about it to help us uh, look at how much we cling to our to what we want for ourselves, our own self-centeredness. It's not going to uh, fit or be appropriate in every situation. I'm not talking about maintaining some kind of a of a, a constant feeling of not being important. Just you could just flash on that that you know in the grand scheme of things, which is quite often the phrase that's used. That's one way of looking at it. But you can also say in in your own dynamic that's happening. Look at the, the ego needs to be fueled and reassured uh, by anything, and it will settle for all kinds of things, just like Deb was asking about. It's looking for some kind of credential, and when it starts to get threatened, which it will get threatened, if you sit and face the wall very much, you will start to feel more and more threatened. That's why it's necessary to have something like the three jewels. So you have one of those three, or maybe all three, or maybe two of them are going to be more important to you at any given time. You may just need to go back and Read the 30 verses of Vasubandhu to get your thinking process, your ego process jammed up enough so you realize you cannot think about this and get a conclusion. Well, it sure sounds like a conclusion. If you read Vasubandhu's 30 verses 50 or 60 times, you're going to feel like there's some kind of a conclusion hiding in there somewhere. If I can just find it. If I can find it, then I can explain the 30 verses to everyone. So, Deb, did you have something else that you wanted to ask about before we go any further? No, thank you. I, that was beautiful. It was clear and concise and exactly what I needed to hear. Bowing. Teresa. Teresa Bowing. Um, <clears throat> I've been looking at the, the vow of refraining from all actions which create attachment. What are ways yes. that we can help people without creating attachment to us? Bowing. So go slow and look at the attachments. Uh, look at your own distress or your own attachment without doing anything with it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Don't don't go into even though there are there are teachings. Uh, teach the seven points of mind training, and there's all kinds of teachings around that give you techniques for stopping this or starting that or ramping this up or softening this. Or, and I'm not saying that those aren't valuable for some people in some places and sometimes, of course, they are. But um, less is better. More, more awareness around what is happening uh, rather than any kind of activity to go in and push on it or pull on it. So if you, you want to be more specific there, maybe I can get a little closer to what it is you're looking to understand. Teresa Bowen, there, I've met someone that um, looks at me and wants to be attached to me as something special. And so my question is how I can work with my um, 
also need for that, for someone to make me feel important. I get really scared that I'm not important. That question making sense? I'm sorry, that's a little convoluted. I was asking how to work with um, the sense that I feel someone, I feel like I need someone to validate me, to make me feel important. And I'm not sure how to work with that bowing. Just observe it. Don't get it. Just, just that you're aware of it is powerful because most people who are involved in that can't, can't even talk about that situation. And if you do, if you do talk about that to someone who is embroiled in spiritual materialism or any kind of materialism, they're going to try to fluff you up and make you feel better. I'm probably not going to do that. I'm going to encourage you to go deeper into that. Look at it. You can do it. Look at your need for something. Look at your need. Look at the need itself. Just look at it. You can do it. You can do it. You're getting ready to receive vows. You've finished sewing a raksu. Not not necessary for everyone to do that. Some people need to. Some people don't. So there's nothing required. But just continue. Continue to return to uh, the teacher, the teaching, and the community, which amazingly, with this crazy COVID season we've had for the last couple of years, we're, because of the technology, we're able to do this maybe even more powerfully than we were a couple of years ago. So there's nothing, let's say it this way, Teresa, the, 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 what you're feeling come up, uh, what, what you're describing, what you're describing is there's nothing to correct there. There's nothing to stop feeling that way or stop wanting. It's just look at that. If you get into some kind of dynamic where you need a stronger reference point, as you look at that, then look at, who wants that? The, the two, the two uh, questions, rather than a why question or, or a what question, or I mean, a, a, a what, can I, what should I do question is the two are, what is it? Fundamentally, what is it? And who is it? Fundamentally. And don't maintain that. You can just flash on that. Don't maintain it. If it doesn't come back for three weeks, don't necessarily turn it into some kind of a rigid practice. But when you get cornered, who's cornered? When you get afraid, who's afraid? Just flash on it. Just touch and go. Junshu Bowing. Yes. Uh, Melissa in Portland has a few questions. Go ahead, Melissa. Her first is, what is true self-centeredness? How would I know I am being self-centered? You said previously that I would see it, bowing. <clears throat> uh, well, it's just the, the assumption or the belief, some uh, un, un, uh, particularly unexamined belief that you're a solid being because you're having feelings, things, that, and you're having uh, passion, aggression, and ignorance coming through your mind stream with a little stories attached to them about why it's happening, who said it, who did it. That's, that's the self-centeredness, that you believe all of that is true. The seeing through that is just the beginning of it. That will fall apart, and it can get worse. I'm not, not making threats or anything, but it can. Depend, dependent, origination, no way, uh, dependent origination, there's no way for me to, to drop off to one side and look at all the causes and conditions that have been arising in your life since you were born. 
but you can meet this where it is head on. Face the wall, just receive. Don't fix anything. Don't add to anything. Uh, just receive, just receive. And I would say, since I'm functioning as your teacher, last I heard, I would say, you're doing fine. I'm not saying you're going to feel fine. Probably don't feel fine at all. But the way I, the last time I talked to you, which was pretty recent, just keep going. Just, just keep going. You're doing fine. The self-centeredness uh, is, is, in, is impossible to describe that in such a way that it comes up as a credential where, oh yeah, I'm self-centered because of this. Or I'm, let me just say it in a blanket statement. Everybody's self-centered until you're not. And even then the self-centeredness does not go away but it is seen as being untrue. So therefore the self-centeredness, because it was dependently risen, will still come and go and look for somebody who believes in that. And what it finds is an empty house. All the windows are gone, all the doors have been removed. There might even, not even be a house. This is just another way, very simple way of saying you're liberated. Thank you, Valley. Your next question is, if we are constantly unreceived, when do we act and speak? Melissa Bowie. If, if you are receiving, and here's another if, and if you are training your mind, if you're spending, and I can't speculate on everybody, everyone that has different kinds of karma is wired differently. And I, uh, not only do I not read minds, I don't need to read anybody's mind. I'm saying if you're training your mind, if you're spending a lot of time on the cushion, an hour to two hours a day and some block sitting also would be a just a rough idea. Not to mention at some point, a long solitary retreat, maybe several of them. This is not a weekend warrior kind of thing or a weekend farmer. So if you're doing that, then whatever rises uh, in that situation, less is better, just receive. And as far as uh, your question about when, when do I know, uh, Here's how you will know. I'll say it a couple of times. I want to make sure everyone hears this because I have a feeling a whole lot of people are actually thinking about their own thoughts rather than receiving what this old man is saying. Is that true? You're having your own thoughts. Okay, well, I'm going to help you. Okay, you will know you're producing something out of the awareness when you see that you're doing it. It's not impulsive. You will know when it's time to reach into somebody else's situation, their life, their mind stream, and start orchestrating, however you want to characterize it, when you see yourself doing it. It's choiceless. The ego mind might start ramping up and saying, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You don't know. You don't know if this is right or not. That's how ego gets its credentials, through fear. It, it it's scary. What if you do something wrong? What if you don't have enough wisdom? What if you haven't meditated enough? What if, what if, what if, what if? No, that's not how it works. It's even worse than that. You will, you won't know. You will not get a credential. The only way I know I'm a teacher, a Dharma teacher, is to have students. That's the only way I know. And some students are extremely close and some students are extremely distant. You may know who you are and you may not. But you, ha you have to have, if there's a student, then 
that that connection or that chemistry is appropriate for this teaching person to instruct. But without a student, I would wouldn't do anything. Further questions are good if you have them. Those on that one. Uh, Sheldon has a question in the chat box. He asks, if we are being with someone and we can see the way they are suffering with this self-importance, is it, it is difficult to not want to point it out or just want to leave and not look at it. It doesn't seem like this will change. Should we just stay there until it does or doesn't? Don't maintain anything. And work on yourself. Don't worry about other people's confusion. When I say don't worry about it, receive their confusion and be respectful of someone's confusion. You may be looking at someone that you can see because of your insight, because you've been meditating for 10 years or so. You might be more clear about others' confusion than you are about your own. Have you guys noticed that? You can tell how somebody else is nuts, but it's really hard to understand the way in which you keep creating uh, terrible situations for yourself. So don't do anything with this person other than be respectful of their confusion. The, probably the best thing you can do, I don't know who it is, but probably the best thing you can do that for that person is uh, listen to them. And part of listening to them is uh, a very, uh, maybe the, the most is, I can say about it is very little production, not even a nod of the head. Yeah, I see what you're saying. A little bit of that, but keep even that to a minimum. Keep, and when I say keep, you're not really maintaining anything, but watch when they notice when they're not really sure if you're listening or not, where they have to ask you, are you, are you listening to me? Because you're not doing anything. No head shakes. No, yeah, I see what you're doing. That must be terrible. Jeez, I'm really sorry to hear that. My goodness, what are you doing about it? Are you getting any help? Are you seeing a psychiatrist? Are you seeing a doctor? Do you, is your meditation practice going okay? Uh, if it is going okay, which kind of meditation are you doing? Are you doing that? Oh, you're still doing that one crazy kind? You follow me? I'm saying shut up. If you're with someone who is disturbed that you fundamentally want to help, the very best thing you can do for that person is something they're not used to. Listen to them. Listen to them. Receive their insanity. This is the path of the bodhisattva. It's not about being a better person or a better bodhisattva. Uh, a bodhisattva actually isn't a solid being anymore. They've given their life to others. It just doesn't look like it. it may look like they still have their, uh, their own interests at heart all the time. But you don't know what kind of karma that person has to go through to even be a bodhisattva or even be a monk or even be a... Uh, a meditator at all. Good, nice show. Your, in your answer, you said something about the situations that the difficult situations that we create. Are those situations dependently arisen? Yes. Um, Everything, anything you can locate that is a thing, whether it's this striker or whether it's your thought about. Uh, what to buy at the, you know, what, what to fix for breakfast, all dependently risen. Your thoughts about yourself, the ego is dependently risen. Everything is dependently risen. Everything. It's just that it breaks down. Uh, even the fear is dependently risen because it breaks down into something is threatened. 
So we've got to do something about it. But fundamentally, nothing is threatened. This does not fly in the face of our situation as human beings in a crazy world where everybody is trying to destroy the whole place through ignore through ignorance, ignoring the weather situation, even though it's obvious, ignoring the the what happened uh, at the in the United States on the, uh, the Capitol uh, riot, whatever it was. This is this has been going on for centuries since human beings got here. It's just getting worse now because there's more uh, more ability for singular people to destroy everything just by getting everyone to align with their insanity because it feels safe to be aligned with someone who has a kind of confidence that is totally uh, about uh, intense narcissism. The Rinpoche talked about that. Trungpa Rinpoche talked about the Rudra of ego. The Rudra is kind of a deity form uh, that is functions as a deity. It's that confident. You can't you can't threaten it. The only way you know that it's is, is that self-centered is it needs constant reassurance from everyone. The true teacher, the Buddha, needs no reassurance from anything. The Buddha in you res respect everything. There's nothing to repair, nothing to fix. This is a completely, completely pure realm. If you see it, if you don't see it, you'll fight with it. Don't believe anything I say. I, why do I say that? Because I, I want you to see it yourself. I don't want you to rotate in this. Well, Sokazan said that, so maybe I should try to buy into that or believe it. No, you might want to just look at it and say, that can't be true. <laughs> That's impossible. Sokazan's full of it. Why is Sokazan telling us all this stuff? Go ahead, Christina. Christina Bowling, thank you. Um, if we're not, we, I am not important, but dependent origination seems to have brought some sense of responsibility for something. How, and I seem to feel like I am responsible. How can I work with that without just negating the responsibility itself? Bowing. So the first thing I would say is just slow down. Don't do anything you don't have to do and watch the tendency to want to interfere or stop based on uh, fear that something is going to go awry, that you need to step in. Hold back. This is just basically called the fancy word for this. And it's not something you do so much uh, is uh, uh, renunciation. You just you, you, what you are. What are you renouncing? Is your your um, functioning in the room or in the chair you're sitting in to actually do this or that? You're you're going to slow way down. You're going to watch so that what you do produce or add into the world uh, has has a natural uh, resonance with the dependent origination that's already occurring there. So you don't interfere with things. You follow me a little bit. I do. Um... Less is better. Go ahead. Bowing. So slow down. Watch what's happening. Um, I don't exactly renounce the functioning, but I'm no. going slow enough that I, so that I can, so that production is naturally aligning with dependent origination. <laughs> It's a way of talking about it, but it won't feel like that when you're doing it. And to the ego mind, the ego mind is going to be shattering at you. This isn't going to work. What are you doing this for? This doesn't work. You need to find something that works. Why don't you start doing this or doing that? 
So that's why it's so important to have a connection with a teacher that you can, I, I don't usually use the word trust, but you've got to give them the way over beyond the benefit of the doubt because of what they're going to say to you. And you've heard me saying things today that are pretty outrageous from a, the point of view of, of the general idea how to, how to protect things and how to side with what is right and how to uh, right on up to and including all the ethical rules that are meant to be there, need to be there for some people. But if you're listening to me, you don't need that kind of guideline. I'm your guideline. That doesn't mean you check in with me before you do something. I'm just telling you, but when I talk to you, any one of you, I'm saying, don't do anything unless you have to, and then receive as much as you can. And then what you do produce into what, uh, in a, uh, response or resonance with what is continuing to rise around you, uh, there'll be a lot less chance that it's at war with anything and more likely that you'll be just uh, at the service of everything. Serve, serve. Thank you, that's so very helpful. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, go ahead, Kevin. Uh, there's an expression about put your own oxygen mask on before you help others. Yeah. Uh, is there some baseline we need to meet as individuals before we can help others bowing? Uh, I could use that word uh, since you've used it. I would say the main uh, understanding that I have uh, for the years that I've been around and been practicing is train your mind. Uh, and basically don't do anything else you have to don't don't give anybody advice don't meddle with anyone's mind without their permission and without their strong permission an actual invitation not just uh, what do you think I should do you know if they do say that say well I'm not sure I don't know but train your own mind make sure that you have a lot of mind training this will not necessarily lead to a feeling of being credentialed that's why the the three jewels are so important is because as the as a self-centered mind it doesn't really come apart we just see that it isn't real and so the illusion that i'm coming apart is what it feels like to the self-centeredness who thinks they're somebody going somewhere and now have been uh interrupted by this teaching that says no you're not anybody you're not going anywhere kevin bowing in the past i i've heard you say don't kill includes our thoughts when you so when we say save all beings does that include or begin with our thoughts but bowing it certainly does thank you sometimes i uh, many talks i've given when i say when we get into this area i say start with your own thought patterns you need to practice not killing the first uh, grave precept in the in the soto zen tradition and that is to whatever shows up don't don't object, don't agree, don't look away, just allow those living beings we call thought patterns, because that's that's the same thing as a, it's certainly not as extensive uh, as, a, uh, as a human form who, who needs to eat and needs to do things and live and find shelter and support their family and so on. But the thought pattern that is arising, that's the same uh, principle of something comes out of dependent origination, a thought, this is a living being We'll kill anything. Have respect for everyone, for every every thought that comes in your mind. Even a thought of, when she says that, I just like a popper one in the nose. 
Don't do anything with that. I'm not saying you're going to have that kind of thing. Maybe I'm the only one that thinks that. But it comes up. I'm sure you've noticed. Some of you must notice that sometimes horribly evil crap comes out of the closet and wants you to join in with that that kind of a crowd of rebellious uh, Uranian kind of freedom at any cost, even if there's a lot of dead people. Well, at least we had, we got the freedom, but even a lot of people had to die, but, you know, they need to be sacrificed. Like this whole idea of martyrs, you know, what a, a you want to talk about something that's incredibly insane based on control, on especially men wanting to control not only women, but everyone. The, the Sharia law and things like that is just, I'm, I'm not saying that they don't have some kind of understanding somewhere that would create that kind of thing, but it's fear-based. It's control-based. You don't need to control. Kevin Bowing. Yes. Is letting go a form of killing, Bowing? Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I say don't let go. I say, don't let go, don't, ha don't ha hang on, don't, don't do anything. But if you are hanging on, then look at the hanging on. That, that as uh, Ramana Maharshi said in 1950, that wants to live too. That wants to live too. Have to respect everything. With the insanity that's gone through my mind in the last 80 years, if I went to war with anything, which I was trying to do before I met uh, uh, my guru, and then he helped me. That's why I'm still here. I'm not saying he wasn't crazy. He was. But you, you can't pick and choose when it comes to that kind of thing. And to, to pick and choose anything like that is just a, a, a sophisticated form of, uh, of uh, well, two things. One is a sophisticated form of trying to control things. And it's a sophisticated and hidden form of cowardice. Hondo bowing. There are a couple questions in the chat box. Okay. Zim bowing. How does receiving their suffering help them? Bowing. <laughs> it might not be so much about that. Much so might not be so much about them. It might be more about you, about your dynamic. So it's not separate. You're not separate from anything. Fundamentally, fundamentally not separate. It's an astonishing realization. And it doesn't, it isn't a particularly uh, celebratory. But for you to actually receive uh, your world, receive your life, you're probably receiving your, your presumptions, your, um, um, your projections of that other person, at least initially, when you actually begin to receive the, the actual person, uh, you see you're not separate from them. So there's nothing to even receive. There's no one to receive. There's just this. There's just this. And I hesitate to use the, the only word that's showing up is it's just love. It's not love for something. It's just fundamental caring, fundamental love, fundamental compassion. No compassionator anywhere. Nothing is left. The whole thing is blown apart. By what? By wisdom. So your practice of receiving is, is path. It's not, not fruition. When there's fruition, you may... You may receive, you may not. You're functioning as a teacher, uh, how you relate to each person who, if someone is functioning as a student, that student tells the teacher just by how they function, how much they're willing to 
to receive and how much they're ready for. This doesn't mean that if you come up to a teacher and say, yes, please, just tell me anything. I'm ready. Uh, I have people do that to me. And that tells me they're, they're not ready. They just want to appear as some, someone who's ready. To actually be ready is much more terrifying than that. At least it was for me. I had two teachers. I had a Tibetan master, a Mahasiddha, great being, and, uh, and a very humble Zen priest who nobody even knows about, really. Bowing. Scarlet Shepherd asks, I find myself when I get peace. My practice is great and life isn't chaos or fear. I will suddenly make the chaos I seek. What am I searching for that I need a constant storm? Bowing. Security. Because if you have a constant storm and you can deal with it, then you have the illusion that you're secure. So you need security. It's a protection for the self-centeredness, for the ego. Just like I say, don't go to war, don't go to peace, don't don't take any position. And that way, whatever is arising in your life stream, your mind stream, if you take no position, then you get the whole, the entire, you get the entire uh, karmic um, matrix that is arising as your particular lifetime on this earth at this in this particular lifetime. You, you're getting everything because you're not not validating. You're not devaluing. You're taking no position, picking and choosing, as it says in the sutra. Is the disease of the mind? It's alternating between. It's getting away from your life. Don't miss your life. Receive it. Receive it. Thank you, Go ahead, please. A question from Isaac. Yes, Isaac. Does, does seeing perception only know anything? Yeah, it does. I'm not going to tell you. You've got a lot of work to do. <laughs> Aren't you going to ask me, what does it know? Come on, Isaac, ask me. Did he ask me yet? Not yet, but I can ask. What does oh. it know? What, what? what was that question? What does it know? Not it knows that there isn't anything else, that everything is empty of other, that there is no, there are no separate beings anywhere, even though there's intense suffering. There's intense everything. But there's no solid being anywhere that you are looking. You are looking at yourself would be a, a way of saying it that is that that describes the experience of it, but not the actuality of it, because the actuality, you aren't looking at anything. There isn't anything. This is why the teaching in Buddhism, the teaching of emptiness is still path. Because it's a conclusion. Okay, I'll take uh, one more question, then we can perhaps close for the day. I feel much better than I did when I started. So thanks for all of your help. <laughs> we have quite a few people, 55 people here, so it's quite a lot. Hold on, Bowing, there's another question in the chat box. Could you read it, please? Deb 
asks, what can I do when I receive others' fear? I think it's it's very situational. So if it's an eight-year-old, it's one situation. If it's your you know, mother or if it's your neighbor, it's it's very situational. So less is better. Don't add to it. Uh, if you're if you're listening to someone who is fearful, then receive as much as you can, and that has to do with your more with your body language, which is not uh, not something you do; it's something you are. You can't just be body language and do some kind of thing, unless it's American Sign Language or something. But body language is just be aware of your the positionality of the other person who is fearful. Be aware of your own body when you're relating to somebody, especially when they're expressing fear and don't modify your body or their, or, or do anything conceptually with your perception of their body by body position or anything that's happening in that area by leaving that for what it means. We're not talking about meaning here. That's, that's for philosophers. We don't need that. We need to actually be with whatever is happening. So if you're just there, you're looking, you might notice their head position change or their posture change if they're, if they're expressing themselves. If it's a child who is fearful, it's going to be a lot different situation than if it's somebody who's 50 years old. Or if it's somebody who is any of the other differentiations that come up through culture, different cultures are different, different uh, sexual orientation. Of course, it's going to have all kinds of differences. Five or six different men, uh, one man uh, would be extremely masculine and another man could be extremely feminine same thing there's no any of you who have looked at this at all realize that the the body differentiation is a uh, is just something that uh, culture mainly men use to control people you can't really divide that sexual orientation i mean Further questions? I take maybe take one more if there's a if there is one. Shane bowing. Shane. Is the vow more important than the one who's apparently making it bowing? Yeah. If you're if you're making the vow, the idea is to the vow to be with all things, then it's gonna be important to find a way to do that for yourself with the help of your teacher, the help of the teaching. Uh, some people really tune into uh, Vasubandhu. Some people do not. Some people would rather read uh, Trunk Rinpoche. Some people don't like Trunk at all and love to study um, Dogen, the Shobagenzo. They would rather. So people have a different way of of getting support from the the, the teachings, from even from the early teachings of the Buddha, the Majjhima Nikaya, the Digha Nikaya, which we study. Okay, so we will we'll dedicate the, the merit. Thank you so much for coming and and uh, and for your questions. I want to ask you to help us expand, protect, bring energy into this mandala. So if you can go to the website, the donate page, and help us if you can, if you can, and if you would like to see these teachings continue. Hi, my name is Sokuren, and I'm one of Sokuzan's monks. Sokuzan so freely offers his love to us and his wisdom through these talks, and never asks us for anything in return. 
if you value what he does and what he is and want them to continue, please visit our donate page at sokokoji.org. Thank you.